0: The following is a CA original Pouncer, the Palm squad, pre and post game parties on Beale street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the tiger basketball podcast.
1: What's happening? Tiger basketball fans. We are back for another edition of the tiger basketball podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the commercial Peel sports columnist. I'm joined as always by Drew Hill, our tiger basketball beat writer, uh, drew you don't have a tan from orlando no Um, not quite um, i did
0: i got a nice walk i got a nice walk in it was about 80 degrees and sunny what are you like 75 75? did you play shuffleboard while you were there okay mark coming in (laughs) with the hot takes as usual no i did i actually i sat by the pool briefly for like an hour there you go and did a little work on my laptop and then uh took a took a lap around the block there at UCF. There wasn't there wasn't a ton to do, but there was like a a, a Wawa and like a few restaurants and then Weber. Oh, speaking of food, since this is becoming a trending topic on the show, I we went to a pizza place and I forget what it's Lazy called. Lazy
1: Moon. Lazy Moon. Yeah, we go there and all the time. I did we...
0: not realize how big the slices of pizza were and I bought two. Oh yeah. And huge. like to put this in perspective, like the pizza is like Four times bigger than a normal. If slice.
1: you've been to DC, it's like a jumbo slice. It's they, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like half a pizza, really. But is that's, one slice. but
0: that's just the side story. So obviously, uh, yeah,
1: that's our spot when we go to. Like I've been to Orlando so many times the last few years with football, basketball, like, and that's actually a pretty cool place. And it's open till two. Very trendy. Yeah, it's like a it's like a, it's a UCF student spot. But no, so since we last joined you, Memphis uh, got a W at home uh, on and, the road on the road, excuse me, over ECU, a much needed win over ECU on the road, and then loses uh, a tough one to UCF, a game they they could have had. They put themselves in position to have, and, you know, some mistakes, whether it be in the first yeah, they were just a little careless, it felt like at times during that game.
0: Were you watching live from the Liberty Bowl?
1: No, I watched the recording yesterday. I recorded it. I, I was... I was at the AAF game and it was just, I was out in the parking lot. You know, what was interesting out in the tailgate scene at the AAF game at the express game. There were the, the few people who were tailgating all had TVs and they were watching the UCF game in the parking lot. No, it's, it's, it leaves this team at an interesting place. They're 15 and 11 with what five games left now. Yeah. Yeah. Five regular season games left and they're probably in position. And if they don't, you know, collapse down the stretch there, there's a good chance they go to the NIT at large bid. Like we've talked about probably out of the question to then say tournament, but it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me to see how this has kind of developed over the course of the year to where we're at now, where Penny is really just, it's essentially the same team from last year. Um, I mean, you take out Jamal Johnson and, you know, Jamario rivers, but really the guys Penny's counting on, are the same guys who he, who Tubby was counting on last year. Um, you know, Tyler and, you know, Alo I thought had a nice game against UCF. Tyler has kind of been very up and down. Antoine Jones isn't giving you A-lo much. Alo
0: had a nice game against ECU.
1: Yeah, he seems to have, he seems to have rounded into form a little bit he's here. Found he's found his role. Yeah, he's got yeah. more comfortable. Um, and, but it's just interesting. And then Jeremiah Martin is just, you know, he's playing, he, the past month he's been, you know, arguably one of the best players in the country, certainly in the AAC. Um, I wanted to start though with what he said after the game, right? Because I have I, I have what I think about this, but I'm curious. You were there, heard him say it. You know, take people through what yeah, one he, me, what he said, set, set it up, here. and then and what you thought about what what you thought about what he said after that UCF game.
0: So, uh, just to set it up, Jeremiah, in the games when they've lost. Like, for example, I'll go back to USF when he scored 41 points and lost. He came out almost immediately out of the locker room, like ready to be interviewed, and had this huge look of sort of disappointment and anger. Like, it was embarrassing that they had lost that way to USF. Does the same thing against UCF. Comes out of the locker room very quickly with an entirely different look on his face. Is totally frazzled by, you know, what had just happened and was sort of throughout the entire interview, just staring down the hallway and just, you know, he started it out by saying, I'm going to be on, like my head is all over the place right now. Like I don't even know what I'm thinking right now. Um, And then, you know, sort of the first, w- w- the first question I asked was Penny over the last week has said, you're the best player in the conference. This is the first time we had the chance to talk to him since Penny made this comment it was Penny said, you're the best player in the conference, you're you know, you're on this tear, you continued it today, what do you think? Do you think you're the best player in the conference? And he comes out hot right out of the gate. I feel like I'm the best player in this conference. I feel like Penny's the best coach in this conference. I feel like we're the best team in this conference, to be honest. And, you know, the two media members that were there, me and Kevin, were sort of looking at each other like, wow, okay, he just said that. Um, and then we, it goes, it even went further. And when we asked him about the technical foul that was called on him, that sort of changed the momentum in the game for cursing at the UCF bench. And I don't think a lot of people picked up on it, but his answer was actually hilarious because, you know, he said, Oh, it was a, it was a bonehead play. I shouldn't have been talking to the bench. And then he goes in on not the official, but like sort of the UCF kid on the bench that was talking trash. And he's like, I don't know how it wasn't a double technical because he was talking trash to me. And why would I be talking trash to somebody that's on the bench? You know, when we're losing the game, that doesn't make any sense. How does the guy that's talking trash from the bench, who's not even in the game, not get a technical foul? And he's like, and then he finishes it up by saying like, I don't even know who that guy was. That guy wasn't even on the scouting report. (laughs) <laughs> we were all we were all just like fighting back laughter because it was hilarious, but Jeremiah was obviously really bothered by that call.
1: well, he should be. I mean, they changed the whole momentum of the game for a while they were they had taken the lead and he gets that technical foul and u c f promptly went on a big run to kind of build the lead back to twelve and even though Memphis came back and had a chance at the, the end thanks to jeremiah thanks to Jeremiah, it's still it for a mo- for a moment there it changed the momentum of the game and whether it was warranted or not. It it affected the team, um, and I, I just found the statement very interesting. In that, I think there's certainly an argument to be made. He's the best player in the league. If you look at, I'm looking at conference only stats here. So Jaron Cumberland is actually averaging two and a half more points per game in conference right. he's, play.
0: He's in my opinion,
1: Cumberland's going to be the player of the year in right. the league. Right. Um, but Jeremiah, unlike last year where he got robbed of first team All AAC. Like, my guess is he will get first-team All-AAC this year. Which he was though,
0: predicted to be in the preseason.
1: Yes, even though he, he was a little more inconsistent during non-conference play, and really even up until about the last three weeks had been kind of inconsistent. But he's, I mean, obviously last three weeks he's been incredible. Um, I think the Penny comment, I, don't, I think it's too soon to know whether he's the, I mean, certainly he's not the most accomplished coach in the league, right. but it's I his mean, first year. Greg
0: Marshall is the final four.
1: Yeah, and you know, Kel, so does Kelvin Sampson. <laughs> right, and Mick right. Cronin has you know has been great um, at Cincinnati, and but at the same time, like I think any has acquitted himself well this year as a coach, just right. motivationally, X's and O's wise. Like I think he's been fine,
0: but it's not that I mean, and, and it's just being fair. But it's not fair to say that he's the best coach in the conference because you don't know that.
1: Yeah. But whatever. I'm, I'm like, whatever with those two statements. Like, if right. you want to sh- express confidence in your coach and in confidence in yourself, I'm for it. My problem with the statement was after a seven-point loss at UCF saying we're the best team in the league. And here's why. And it's not because, like, it, again. He didn't it's say no,
0: we're the best. He said, I feel like we're the best. Yeah, I feel like difference. we're There's a difference.
1: Would I, regardless, I feel like we're the best. And here's why. here's what bothered me a little bit about it. One, it's a problem this team had last year where they like, the way they talk doesn't match up with how they play. Um, It was the same thing last year. Um, And there's a big difference to me between I feel like we're the best team in the league and I feel like we are capable of beating anyone in the league. Because the best teams in the league, a big part of that is being consistent. And Jeremiah saying that strikes me. And maybe I'm drawing, I'm probably drawing too much into this, but my feeling is it's a sense of, not entitlement, but just confidence as if like, there's not a lot to improve upon. And my, you know, like to me, like this team isn't consistent enough to be saying things like that. It's, it, it strikes me as a statement of, you know, like, you know, there's not that much to improve on. And like with Jeremiah, he's probably right individually, but like this, I mean, you go look at what this team has put out there over the past three weeks, they're four and five over their last nine games and other than Jeremiah, you can't rely on getting anything from anyone on this team. And, and that's, to me, a little troubling. Um, and so saying things like that, while on the surface, it's, you know, he's probably, hopefully, trying to boost the confidence of the rest of the team. To me, it's also does a disservice to them in saying that, like feeling that way, because... Are you
0: saying it's like chalkboard material? for other teams. No,
1: no, race? I think it's I think it's I think it's it it strikes me as what's what they're thinking mentally is like we can, you know, there's not, you know, there, there's real flaws on this team. And that's him it, it's part it seems like it's him saying we don't really have that many flaws on this team. We I feel like we're the best team in the league. Like I just don't I just I just don't agree with saying something like that when it doesn't match reality. Like it's one I guess if you want to stay behind closed doors, like I said, it's, it's different than saying, I feel like we're capable of beating anyone in this league because they are. And I think at home they could, but like Houston's much better than them. They're much more consistent. Cincinnati, much more consistent. Consistency is a big part of being the best team. And that's the biggest problem with this team right now. There's nothing consistent except, you know, Jeremiah,
0: except for Jeremiah. He's yeah. the only... But I disagree with you in the sense that I just don't see how it hurts him, Mark. Like, I, I, I just, I think, I think you're overthinking that a little no, bit.
1: No, I, 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 you can think I'm overthinking, and I'm sure other people think I'm overthinking. It, but it was a problem I had. It's not just this year's team; it's last year's team too. They come off these losses, and they talk as if nothing went wrong, as if like this was just a blip.
0: But this was the first time that that really happened. Like, you, you don't get, you didn't get that sense. I- after they fell behind by what felt like a million points at the beginning of those games. Like, Penny, even Penny has been more critical than anyone of his players after these big losses. Well, I and, mean, honestly, this today, loss- but or not yesterday, after, after the UCF game, he came out and said, I sort of feel like we're going in the right direction right now, which matched exactly what Jeremiah said. And, uh, you know...
1: That doesn't match we're the best team in the league.
0: No, but but you're taking that for face value. You're taking that for well, how know, am I
1: supposed to take it?
0: You're supposed to take it as if. Do, do you really think that Jeremiah believes that they're the best? I would hope if
1: leave? he said that to reporters, yes. I would hope he's not just lying to report. I think I honestly think he believes that.
0: I think that it's a it's a motivational tool, and I don't have any. I I, I don't have any problems with it. I, I just I just don't.
1: I don't have any problems with it. I just think it's a pro, it's a pattern that we saw last year with this team. Where they like think they're better than they are. And, you know, that's fine. Like I said, it's it, if it, if it gives these, the rest of his teammates confidence and they come out and they close this season playing, you know, like with a confidence and an air about them, you know, then go, go for it. Cause if they win out or something, if they beat Temple and they beat Cincinnati and they beat Wichita State here down the stretch, like, then you could make a more of an argument to me that like you're the best team in the league. But to me, so far, the results don't match the words, and I, I would just like to, you know, like to me, like you know, Penny said they're turning the corner. Like the same issues that have cost them games, cost them games down the stretch here. Yeah, they're too loose on defense. They turn the ball over too much. You know, guys other than Jeremiah Martin, like what was Isaiah Maurice doing, chucking that three when they finally get the the the, the game down to one? Tyler Harris's shot selection wasn't great down the stretch. Like a lot of the same flaws and issues that have hurt this team hurt them down the stretch to that UCF game after back in it. And that, you know, so, but then again, like, like, like we said at the beginning, like ultimately they're probably, they're going to, there's, unless something totally catastrophic happens down the stretch, they're going to be an NIT team. And if you had told me before the season like this team, Penny's going to get this team to the NIT. He's going to get the recruits he's gotten, you know, the recruits kind of we hoped and expected to get like that's uncategorically a success. Like, you know, it's already probably a success given the recruits he's gotten and the fact that the fans are back and really excited. But if he gets them to the postseason, that's all I was really hoping for out of this season. And they're right on course for that, even after the loss to UCF. I mean, so in that regard, it's been great. I mean, the brand of basketball is more entertaining. They have the same record as Tubby's team did last year. And I was, you know, I don't know who, it's interesting to me. I don't know. I would probably take this year's team in a game against last year's team. Although I think it'd be pretty close because you're basically relying on the same guys. It's just totally, it's totally turned. And so, you know, the future is bright. I just think presently, I just, you know, that, that comment just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm sure Memphis fans, it didn't, but like, Mm -hmm. like I said, it's just a more of a, it's, it's the whole perception reality thing. Like I want a team that understands its flaws and understands. like it came off to me as someone saying like, you know, we're, we're good enough right now. And they're not good enough right now to like be the best team in the league to beat Houston in the conference tournament. If they play like they're presently playing, I know Penny said they're turning the corner, they won't beat Houston in the conference tournament. And that, you know, Houston's the best team in the but league.
0: they're playing on the road right now. Like, that game was on the road. No, I'm
1: talking at home. I'm talking if they play the way they're playing right now, at, in FedEx Forum against Houston, I don't think they'll win. They need to play better than that. They need Keevan Davenport to be like the yeah. Keevan Davenport we it's saw the first be, 15 games of the year. It's going to they be need,
0: an enormous challenge to beat Houston no matter what.
1: Yes, and,
0: Or Cincinnati,
1: Who, both. And those are the best teams in the league.
0: Right. Um, and then another thing we should definitely mention, did you, uh, I'll, I'll pose it as a question to you to start. Do you ever have any funny hecklers when you went on the road last year? Not, not of you, but of the team that,
1: that were funny. Eh, I'm trying to think not really just because like, I don't like, again, I don't think like people view, really cared that much right. about Memphis basketball right. the past couple of years, even on the road.
0: So at UCF on Saturday, it was hilarious. Because early in the game, you know, you had sort of the the hecklers from the from the UCF student section, which was right next to the Memphis bench. And, you know, you had people that would just shout things that weren't funny at all and were really corny. And then every once in a while, somebody would say something that was pretty funny. And it was mostly Evan Olds and David Winget getting the brunt of the of the shouts from the UCF student section. And then.
1: Were there actually students there?
0: Yes, there were actually students there. And then Dwight Boyd, after a Jeremiah Martin and one about three minutes into the game, turns and like looks at looks at the UCF student section out of the corner of his eye and is like, ah, 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 yelling at him and for the entire rest of the game, there was just this battle <laughs> between Dwight and the UCF student section. It, I didn't want to say it was a distraction for the players. Cause they weren't really paying attention to it besides David and Evan at the end of the bench. But it was hilarious because you had people they were like, Hey, bow tie. Hey, you bow tie. Cause Dwight always wears a bow tie to the games. And, uh, and yeah, Antoine even got Antoine, even gotten a little bit of a shouting match at the UCF student section at the end of that game, which, Tells you people care now Yeah, right on the same point.
1: Yeah, no, you know, and uh, I mean, UCF fans are known as being kind of, I know the football oh, fans yeah, are known no, as being that's kind of thing. obnoxious. That's
0: another thing. I can't tell you the number of times they brought up football during the basketball game. I was like, come on guys, you can be a little bit more creative than that. Yeah.
1: Well, that's just, you know, it's, it is what it is, I guess. I mean, they can, I guess. Cause the football team has been really good lately, um, you could bring up the fact that like they've been, I think they've been to like one NCA tournament and been to an NCA tournament in like 11, 12 years. UCF. Maybe oh, wow. they'll break it this year. I think they're as of yesterday, we're like, uh, they had them as like an 11 seed, um, you know, in bracketology. Like right now the, it looks like they AC how many right, bids. I think they'll end up with three. Like right now, um, many of those bracketology sites have temple as like a last four in UCF is like an 11 seed and then Houston and Cincinnati safely in. And my guess is, you know, like UCF, you look at their schedule down the stretch, like they have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch. So I guess they could win a bunch of games and play themselves into a better seed. But my guess is they lose several games down the stretch and play their way out of the NCAA tournament. So
0: you Um, think Temple's going to get in?
1: Yes, because Temple's schedule is much easier down the stretch. Now, what yesterday did, I think, is probably cement Memphis. Not cement, but like... It's looking very likely now Memphis is going to be the 5 or 6 seed in the conference tournament after losing that game um to to UCF. Um and you had an interesting tweet um whether they'd rather be the 5 or the 6 seed given the the current setup of the standings.
0: Where it looks right now, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I like I just think I think they want to avoid Houston and Temple as long as they can because I think those I I think Memphis matchup matches up much better with Cincinnati and UCF than it does with Houston and temple. Um, and so that's what, that, whatever scenario creates that, that's what I would want if I was Memphis going into this conference tournament in a couple weeks, a few weeks.
0: Yeah. I, I would tend to agree with you. Although I'm not sure there's a huge gap between temple and UCF.
1: Well, I just think temple's got those big guards. You know, Temple, like, you know, and, and, and I like, we'll see, maybe it, maybe here at FedEx forum, like we'll see Memphis, you know, we'll beat Temple, but like those big guards, I think really give Memphis some problems because Memphis doesn't have big guards.
0: So the poll that I put out there was in a hypothetical situation with Memphis as a five seed, the journey to the championship game as a five seed right now would be Tulane in the first game, Temple in the second game, Houston in the third. And then as a six seed, it would be ECU in the first game, UCF in the second game, and Cincinnati in the third, which is what you think would be the easier path there. And the 633 people that voted in the poll, I don't know if you voted or not, uh, I did. 59% said the the six seed would be better, ECU, UCF, mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, that's a, I, I tend to... I Agree with that, and and we'll see. This week's a, this week seems like a, just in terms of seeding, it's two game. You know, Tulane at home, a game you need you need to win, you should win. I mean, Tulane is by far the worst team in the league. Um, and then you've got Wichita State on the road. The Careful fir- now. It's gonna be, no, it's gonna yeah. be a tough game, but it's like a road game. I think you know if you want to show that you are heading in the right direction, like Penny said, mm-hmm. it's a road game. Yeah. You should win. You know, the, Wichita State is in a down year. Yeah. They've got one player in Marcus McDuffie. And um, now, obviously, it's a tough place to win. It'll be the first time Memphis has played at Wichita State in like since the 70s, I think.
0: They had won four in a row before losing to Cincinnati, too. Like, Wichita State, you know, while they are not the normal Wichita State, it's it'll capable, be a tough game. Yeah, no, capable. yeah.
1: I mean, uh, like I said, it's a toss up game more cause it's on the road. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but like I said, if they're really trending in the right direction, right. They will, you know, they should, they, they will pull out that win. Yeah. That's what I, I think. I
0: agree. I don't think Memphis, uh, what I'm saying is I wouldn't look too much into that blowout win early in the first conference yeah, game. Cause I don't think that, I mean, that was a good representation of what this game will be this weekend.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. It'll be fascinating. Um. And then we're recording this, You had an interesting story up today. It is the 25th anniversary of Blue Chips. I figured we'd end this talking a little Blue Chips because I love that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Had you seen it? Um, So
0: I had not seen it. And then I, on the way to Orlando, since I knew I was going to ask Penny about this story, rented it and watched it. It's a good movie. It was okay. It's a good movie. Yeah. Which McCray.
1: You know, yeah. It's got some parallels to now, you know, like back then it was boosters. Now it's I, shoe companies so paying people. We did
0: a story on it, and the Indie Star did a story on it.
1: Oh, really? And, yeah. What did the Indie Star write? Because
0: uh, it was filmed, a lot of it was filmed there. Okay. And they basically wrote about how Bobby Knight in the movie <laughs> at the ending scene wouldn't let. Western university win the game. Like they were playing an actual game and they kept telling him like Bobby, like that's not the plot. Like Western has to win and he wouldn't, he wouldn't let him come back and win. Like he was just telling his players to keep playing.
1: No. Uh, And I thought, I I thought, um, you know, it, I, I watched it a long time ago when it first came out. Like even when I was a kid, I watched it and then I came
0: out before I was born, Mark. Really? Okay. Yeah. You're
1: young. Um, it was, it was on, it was on like the K, the, the movie channel rotation, I want to say like last spring. So I watched it again like last spring. I mean, I still think, honestly, I think of the basketball players. I mean, Neon Boudreau was the best character. Shaq had the best character. Like
0: Penny's- You got to tell the story about Penny talking about it.
1: uh, Okay. So like in December, when we were doing our sport, I did like, I sat down with Penny for like 10 minutes because we were naming him the Sportsman of the Year here in Memphis. And I got in a few questions about blue chips. And he was talking about- how it came to be, um, how you know they 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 sought him out because he had a young face, is what he told me. Yeah, it's all, um,
0: all in the story. so yeah, read it.
1: Yeah, read that in the story. But no, so this this happened. Um, this interview happened the day after uh, Duke played at Madison Square Garden. I want to say maybe they played Texas Tech at Madison Square Garden. The interview and Penny was like incredulous that Zion Williamson when they did like a bio thing during the game had said his favorite basketball movies were he got game and something else. I forget, but he was like, how could he say those are the best? I mean, blue chips are better than those movies. Like he still got a lot of pride in blue chips. Uh (laughs) He definitely does. Like you could
0: tell after the game too. And, and the bonus in the story is I also talked to James Wiseman about blue chips since he is the definition of a blue chip.
1: Well, hopefully Memphis did not get him the way that Western university <laughs> got pushed. Right. But he fits the profile of a blue chip. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah. Don't insinuate anything that doesn't have to be insinuated. Mark.
1: Uh, no, I love <laughs> I, my favorite character in that movie is neon Pedro though. Like the yeah. scene where they go to Algiers where Nick Nolte and that guy go to Algiers to go watch him play. And he's like, you know, Joe, he's like, you is culturally biased coach, culture biased. Like he's, he's great. It is pretty
0: good. It is pretty good. And, and, so, Penny can feel a little bit better knowing that James thought Blue Chips was fantastic. And he said he's seen it three times.
1: All right. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah. So, hopefully, maybe you guys should go watch it now. It's the 25th anniversary. I, I bet you Penny can't believe it's been 25 years. Um, like, it doesn't feel like I can't believe it's been 25 years since it The that movie, movie came didn't out. feel 25 years old. When I watched it, no, it holds up well over time. Like it's still, like I said, it's relatable I to think today. Part of it is
0: because the faces in the movie are still around, too. Like Shack is odd. Not, not Ricky Rowe. Yeah, Matt, Matt not
1: Ricky Rowe. Matt Nober. What's his name? Matt Neighbor. Matt Nover. Nover. There you go. Yeah. Played
0: overseas. Played in Australia and some other places.
1: Yeah. No, and like, well, we were talking about Dan Hurley last week. Bobby Hurley's in the movie um, yeah. playing for Indiana or whatever.
0: Larry Bird.
1: Larry Bird, I mean, Bob Cousy's in it. are everywhere. Yeah, the Cousy's Koo- the athletic director. Um, yeah, no, it's a great movie. Um, and Penny said, Penny said, I asked him like, what, what are the? He said Ed O'Neill was hilarious. That was what he said. He didn't give me any stories, but he said on set Ed O'Neill was hilarious. That was what he told me. Um, so go rent, go watch it. I don't know. You, you I guess you can rent online. Um, it's but like four
0: bucks, I want to say.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, go watch it. Go see Penny in his element as an actor. Um, or come to, he was,
0: he, he joked afterward. He said, I can't believe I didn't win an Academy award. Eh, eh, I mean,
1: he he was he was not, he, he held up fine on screen. Like yeah. that's, that's all you can say. Like he didn't look total, like they didn't give him a lot of lines. Like if you go back he liked watch, that part, he um, did. but you know, it was, it was, it was a good role for him. So, um, all right, well, we'll be back next week. Um, after the Tulane and Wichita state games, looking ahead to a, a big week. Uh, when they they get Temple and Cincinnati right in a row. Uh, um, But till then, I was Mark. I was joined by Drew. Thanks so much. We will see you then.
0: The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at CommercialAppeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.